0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Clean Bill of Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall. And as always, this is the spot where I interview people who are out to enhance the lives of physicians, especially in Canada. This is where I talk to people around about such topics such as health, wealth, relationships, well-being, side hustles, practice management, and much more. Now, there are a few big changes that I want to make sure you are aware of. So first off, as always, you can head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com. That's G-A-L-E-N helpstocks.com to sign up for the financial literacy challenge I've created, a series of videos and a worksheet uh, where I tackle big questions I get around finances, like how to make the most of the medicine professional corporation, what are the different types of insurance and investments I should be looking at in Canada, and then pitfalls I see around retirement planning in Canada. So head on over for that. And once you do sign up for that, you'll be on my mailing list and you'll be the first to know when I have a new episode out or when I have a new whiteboard video out where I'm making complex financial concepts simple. Now, big news, if you do have on over the site you're gonna see it there's a new button there where you can book a free no strings attached consult with me that's for anyone who's saying look galen i love the idea of your videos i love the idea of the workbook i'm not sure i'm gonna find time for all that i just have one big burning question i'd love answered or i want some of your time to answer these questions head on over there if you want to get in touch with me if you want to spend some time and ask me a question be sure to head on over there and book a spot last big big announcement huge one I have started recording masterclass sessions with my guests. So we are covering amazing topics such as how to start a side business quickly, important concepts around money, mindset, and much more. And those videos are only available when you sign up for the challenge. There's a section in there in the membership site with the masterclass series. So when you get to the end of an episode and you hear me talking about the masterclass session that I'm about to film with the, with the guest, that's where you're going to find it. So thanks so much for tuning in for these updates and on with the show. All right, Welcome everyone to this episode of A Clean Bill of Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and I am joined today with Doctor by Dr. Dina George. Very, very excited about this interview. I'm always excited about my interviews, but I'm definitely excited about this one. And uh, welcome to my show, Dr. George.
1: Thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will, like, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Dina works with physicians to start side businesses to help, have, uh, to help have a creative outlet and to um, you know earn an income outside of practice. And we've had some phenomenal conversations leading up to this um, interview. And I can't wait to dive a little bit deeper into the work that uh, I'm excited about diving deeper into the work that you're up to and helping my audience understand better what, uh, what it is you're all about. So what I would love to know, is how did you get started with helping physicians? I mean, maybe in a nutshell, you could tell us how you help physicians and then tell us what got you so interested in this.
1: Yeah, I help physicians become more clear and focused to either launch a business or grow a business. And clear and focused means who they serve, what they offer, and what they really create from that offer, meaning what do what does success look like for the person that they serve? The reason I do what I do is because I truly believe that clear and focused physicians change the world. We have the capacity, we have the interest in learning and growing and sharing and giving and delaying pleasure. And we can bring so much of it together and offer it to the betterment of this world. And so it's, it's exciting to, to be able to do this.
0: Amazing. I love that. The betterment of the world, like gave me goosebumps. Like I love that big vision and that impact and What, um, how, how do you, and so I guess, was there a moment in time where you just kind of, it kind of hit you like, this is where you were going to make your debt in the universe, like was with physicians helping them achieve this?
1: Yeah, I think it was last week. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, it's an evolution. And so I started in one place. I was so stuck in my life and my normal process was put my head down, work harder, work longer and figure it out. And I ran out of hours in the day to do that and days in the week to do that. And I was really missing out on my husband and my son. And I thought, I got to figure this out. Like, I can't keep going this way. It's not leading to anything productive. And so I figured it out by starting with listening to a podcast, the Life Code School podcast, and then seeing, okay, oh, that's where I get stuck or I experienced that. And, and just and grabbing on more and more to, to figure out my mindset and where I could reclaim my energy and reclaim my time and make decisions that I didn't think were possible. And the more that I, I went in that direction and talked with others, the more I realized it wasn't just me. So as the Life Coach School offered more and more, I just kept going. So self-coaching scholars and then coach training and then building a business and eventually landed in the marketing scheme because it's an area that I think is a particular pain point for physicians. We learn how to take care of patients. We learn how to think in very complex ways and bring information together, but we don't learn how to share the value of what we offer. And it can very easily feel like cheesy selling. So taking switching that around and making it as just a natural extension of who we are in the marketing field, meaning sharing the value inviting people into a better experience or a different experience for their life and and asking for payment, whether the payment is time, the payment is money, the payment is insurance benefits, it doesn't matter. But connecting that all together is a very natural thing for physicians.
0: Very interesting, because I feel like for a lot of physicians, that may not occur as natural, or for a lot of people, like the idea of having a way of helping people, like from what I'm hearing, it's like having a way of helping people and offering it. And then also like, there's a commitment of some sort of, of, of from people to see some results through what the physician is offering.
1: Right. So I know I can't think of any physician in my circle that actually bills patients that knows what the bill looks like or how much it's for, or if a patient pays because they're really focused on serving the patient somebody's doing the billing. If they're in a private practice and they have somebody focused on that. If they're in an institution, then the institution focuses on that so that the position can just focus on the person that they serve and the the things that complement it. So submitting, doing the charting, that kind of stuff. So it's not natural for us to put a price tag on the value that we provide the individual. And it does take a, a shift in mindset to think about when we serve somebody, part of that service is payment. So just like when we go to a restaurant, we expect to pay for the value that we receive. When we go anywhere, we expect to pay for the value that we receive. And the physician work, whether it's working with a patient in a medical sense, or it's doing something that's completely non-medical, the same applies.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I was thinking about as we were leading up to this podcast is one of my first episodes. I interviewed my own dad, who's a nephrologist. And he said that he felt one of the things he struggled with as a physician was he felt like he didn't have much of a creative outlet, or he didn't, he felt like so much of what he did during the day or during his practice had such a, um, you know, sometimes it was a life or death decision that you had to make. And a lot of physicians are faced with those type of decisions. And he had to seek, creative outlets because he's a very creative guy and but he wasn't finding it within his practice we had to look at it outside of outside of it do you find that is that part of the appeal for a physician to start i know we talked about impact which is great is there also some of that creative outlet of them having a skill set that they really want to expand or like something they want to pursue on the side outside of their practice
1: many of the physicians i meet have this calling like they're they feel like they're called to be something more and they can't put towards words what that is. So it might be doing something, it might be creating something, it might be sharing something, but it's something more than they're using in their day-to-day clinical practice. And that's the excitement of it, the excitement and the frustration early on, because we like things to be quick. So calling to knowing exactly what that calling is and taking action on it, we want that to be a very short process. <laughs> it tends to not be, because we, we have to go through a series of things like, Allowing ourselves to think bigger, allowing ourselves not to be tied to what we're doing right now, allowing the ideas to come in of what might be possible or what we could enjoy or what we could bring together. So bringing together, let's say you want to create an innovative medical practice where you want, want to offer other services. So it's bringing in other skill sets or interests or hobbies and then learning how to package them in a way that's of service to the, to the person that you serve. So it can start with a very vague sense of there's something more. Mm. It can start with a sense of, I can't keep doing this. So the redundancy, the pressure, the lack of growth, um, some just some reason of feeling stuck. And then it could just be a uh, wanting a, an, a secondary stream of income mm-hmm. or an additional stream of income. So there's lots of reasons to start. And sometimes it's just like, it would be fun. Why not? It'd be fun.
0: Yeah. And I love what you're saying about the calling, like um, that there's the, it sounds like there's a lot of doctors you work with. They have a calling. It sounds like they, it sounds like sometimes they have to spend some time sort of figuring out what that might look like. And I'm a big fan of uh, it's kind of funny. I grew up, my dad always told us, follow your bliss. And I didn't know that he had borrowed that from Joseph Campbell. I'm a big fan of the hero's journey. um, Like the trials and tribulations of people as they follow their bliss, how you were saying, it's not always fast. It's not always a straight line. It's not always, you know, it it isn't like, it is not, uh, not even always like it never is a straight line. It never is this easy, fast, you know, short thing. And I think that one of the things I've learned from listening to your podcast is around high achievers and the expectations they sometimes have and what success looks like and how they have to reframe that. So I'd love to tie that into what you said around you yourself were stuck at a point and you you know, you, you went through a process around the life coaching school to get through that. What are some of the things that you see people stuck in? Or like, what are some of those thoughts they have when they're stuck that working with you can help them get past?
1: Yeah. Why am I not happy? Is it a big one. So you figure that to become a doctor, it's four years of undergrad. Four years in med school, and then somewhere between three and seven or eight years for residency training. That's a long time to be preparing to enter as an independent physician and enter the workforce. And so you spend your life just thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning for it, taking call, doing all the things to get there. And for some, it's having that sense of, are you kidding? I spent all these years for this. And it's not to say that what they're doing is bad by any means. It just isn't meeting the expectation that was there from however long ago it was planned. So eight years ago, 10 years ago, it's not meeting that expectation of that sense. Sometimes people say, why isn't this good enough? I look around, I have everything I'm supposed to have, the house, the spouse, the kids, the this, the that, and I'm just not happy and it is a sense of disappointment or feeling guilty about working so hard to get here sometimes so we can we can get stuck in a number of ways and it can sound a, it can sound like a lot of different ways the feelings that it brings up tends to be doubt uncertainty shame guilt for being in the situation and for wanting more and not necessarily thinking that they deserve more or telling themselves they don't need more.
0: Yeah, and and I you know I really, really you were starting to say like you know this many years of pre med then med then residency then fellowships I mean it, can, it feels like it can go on forever and that's part of why like, I was pre med for a very brief and ugly semester um, of my life and then I went to an internship at a hospital in New York City Bellevue Hospital and someone said has anyone ever said like we were I was like. 19 probably in a room full of 19 year olds who were all gung-ho about becoming doctors and changing the world. And someone stood up and said, has anyone ever told you guys like what the next 10 years of your life are going to look like? And I was like, not really. So this guy just laid it all out, talked very much about what residency is like, you know, what, how that can be. And at that time, I was very diligent about getting. I was running marathons. I was very diligent about eating my meals on time and getting eight hours of sleep. When he described residency, I was like, "That doesn't sound like any of that's going to happen <laughs> during residency." And so, I part—that's part of why I just said, "Like, I don't think this is for me anymore." Um, but what I get is that you know all that time it just feels like you're always waiting for that next step of like okay i'm going to i'm going to get into med school then i'm going to graduate then i'm going to finish my residency then i'm going to practice and then it's just like and i know that that's part of the human condition is just chasing that carrot at the end of the stick but like i feel like it's probably amplified for an experience like a physician where it just feels like there's all these huge hurdles to get past but it seems like if 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 someone's not doing some inner looking they can probably just always be waiting for something else to feel happy or to feel fulfilled or to feel content. And they're probably not going to find it using the same old methods that they've always used.
1: Right. It, yeah. So that, I read it in a book. Um, it talks about the the winning strategy. So the winning strategy that got us here, wherever here is in our life, is not the winning strategy that's going to grow our life and take us to the next place. So I agree. It's that that delayed gratification, that reaching for what's next, and then that there can be just a, a sense of discontent when, when there's not another carrot or when there's not another goal. and that sense of this is it. Like really this is it. And I remember thinking that so clearly. So I went to the military medical school and did a military residency, served for seven years. and at the end of my commitment, I chose to exit the army. I went to fellowship to do hospitalist medicine, completed that, moved, got a job as a hospitalist. And, and about a year into it, I thought, this is it? Like, really? This is it? I spent all that time. I did all these things. And, and it's not to downplay. I love to serve. I love to help. I love to see people do better and go home, leave the hospital. Uh, but there was just this, this lack of growth. Mm-hmm. at that point in time. And you see lots of physicians who have extra letters after their names, So the master's degree, a PhD, a JD, um, just in the interest of continuing that learning and growth.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, how much can, you know, how easy would it be to share right now? Like, what is the process you can take someone through? Like, cause to me right now, like not know if i if like not knowing exactly how you do your work i feel like how do you actually break that pattern of why am i not happy or why is this not enough because it's a lifelong pattern i feel unless someone can interrupt it for a lot of people especially like the high achievers you're speaking to on your podcast it's easy to always feel like there's that next thing and not being present. That's a big thing I hear yeah. is like when, from physicians, is like when I'm with my kids, I feel like I should be with my patients. When I'm with my patients, I should be with my kids. When I'm with either of those people, I should be working out. Like all these ideas of what they should be doing instead of what they're actually doing right now. So if you can mm-hmm. shed some light on how you actually help people shift that, that would be amazing.
1: So it's looking, it's starting with that internal narrative of how we speak to ourselves. So the word should the word, but the, the internal expectations and seeing how that creates our reality. And then opening up the idea that, that it's okay to want more. Yeah. It's o- it's okay to feel whatever it is that you feel. It's okay to dream bigger. It's okay to not fit in when you're in the doctor's lounge and people are talking about one thing and you're not interested. That's okay. Like it's okay to be unique and it's great to be you and you get to be you. You've earned the right to be you and then exploring what would be fun, exploring it from another, from a lot of different angles. What would be fun? What used to be fun? If you don't know what fun is now, and a lot of us don't. So what used to be fun? Where do you lose track of time? If you could be anywhere right now, where would you be? What would you be doing? What would you be talking about? What would you be learning? Just to get a sense, like it, and to, to say over and over again, you're not supposed to know. You're not asking yourself these questions. So if you don't know, great. Just guess. And then building from there. So shifting the internal narrative, opening up the world, giving permission to dream, dream bigger, and, and looking at what all the feelings that come up with where you're at in terms of how you feel towards your career. Because I don't know anyone that went into medicine that said, this is just a short-term thing, (laughs) right? Everyone that I know went into medicine, like this is a terminal career. I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to be a doctor for the rest of my life. And maybe it'll be in a different clinical practice, but it'll still be related to medicine. So to be at that place of this is all there is, I don't know if I want this, um, opening up to the idea that it doesn't matter how long you spent getting here, you can create a whole life, whatever you want.
0: Mm.
1: You can, you'll still be a doctor, and you can do other things. So whether those other things are a side gig, or that you open a business, or that you start your own medical practice, like you can do anything you want.
0: Yeah, and I love like one of the things that really hit me about what you're talking about is like um, fun. Like what is fun, and that if someone doesn't know what's fun anymore for them, like to start somewhere and figure it out. And it reminds me a lot of some work I've done around the idea of superpowers. Um, Like I have a whole course on helping people discover their superpowers. I was spending a lot of time with that a few years ago, actually having sessions with people to help them figure it out because I got really excited once I discovered mine. And one of the questions is that question of what makes time stand still? What can you get lost doing for hours? And I think that it's hard for busy people to really take the time to say, or a lot of, I mean, just about anyone, but certainly people who are crunched or have that feeling of crunched for time to actually take the time to figure that out. Because um, but I think it's so important to know what fun is and to have that, like what I'm hearing from you also is like giving yourself permission to dream big, giving yourself permission to have fun and like shifting that belief and language to oneself. Seems like it can really change one's reality.
1: Right, and tapping into your superpowers means that that there's more to give and share with others. So if that's an important value for any individual, when you tap into who you truly are and you find the benefit of sharing it, you get to, you get to experience life at an amplified level. It's the greatest thing. And it also, I, I can see how it'd be really important in terms of the work that you do, because when people are tapped into their superpowers, they have more ability to generate an income. And then they have more. They have more to save over the years, maybe for retirement, or they can start a family foundation, or you do. You get so many choices when you're really tapped in to sharing the value of who you are or how you serve, uh, and then and creating a life around that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that. I think that it could be a scary thing like for for people to think of, oh, I've got this thing that makes me special or maybe there's like a bit of humility in there. Like, oh, I can't talk about superpowers. But I mean, like I'm a big comic book guy. Like I grew up loving comic books. And I think one of the reasons is because there is this, I mean, everything I read was, I read a lot of stuff around mutants and superpowers. And that's my favorite genre of stuff is that. And I think it's because um, I'm really big on it. And certainly in my life, like I've embraced the fact that one of my superpowers is like teaching, like um, teaching, making complex uh, concepts Simple. Like that's a big part of what I do. And I kind of suppressed it when I became an advisor because I didn't see anybody else doing it. And I thought, well, I better do things the way everyone else is doing it. And it wasn't until I really embraced it that like I just do simple drawings when when it used to be face-to-face meetings, now it's digital, but when it used to be face-to-face, I do drawings for clients. And they would like grab, they would say, Can I keep this piece of paper where you did all these drawings? And I'm like, I always found it kind of odd. Like, you want to keep the paper? And they're like, Yeah, like. This is how I'm understanding things. It really hit me hard, and that's why I have whiteboards everywhere, and I use whiteboards digitally. Um, so, in your work with your clients, you know what I'm hearing is they have that calling, and you help them discover like what it is, and like help them discover how they're going to do it. Can you give us some concrete examples of people that you've helped in this way? Because I feel like there might be some people wondering, like, what does that really look like?
1: Sure. One of the other points is to, let me rephrase. One of the ways that we get hung up as high achievers and physicians is we think we have to know how. And if we don't know how, then we get stuck or overwhelmed or we assume that it's impossible. We don't have the gift or the genes to be able to pull something off. Because in medicine, we don't go blindly into things. Only with a lot of training and experience, Uh, most physicians have a plan for every single thing that they do and then a backup plan for when something comes up. So to go into an endeavor of being an entrepreneur and not know how can be incredibly scary because it's decision after decision after decision and not having the context to know how great the risk is for each decision. Most likely each decision, the risk is very low, but in the face of the unknown, and if you believe that you have to know how, we can so easily get stuck. So the ways that that I've been able to help physicians is to really create the marketing and messaging around a course launch, to help convey the value of that coach to not coach course to the individual. I've helped clients build their business, like build their coaching business, build their relationships, because that's part of it. Business is personal. So how we are in our normal, regular life is how we are in our business, and building both is really powerful. It helps folks get into that sense of what that calling is and what are the next steps for it, and really simplify that process. Because again, if we don't know how, it seems really big, really scary. But when you look at just what are the steps, it it becomes very simple, and the first step is doable, and it makes it exciting.
0: No, oh, I love that. Um, because, yeah, like getting stuck in knowing how to do something, like it's easy to get stuck in that forever because like, it's kind of like the way I think of it is like learning how to drive by only reading a driver's manual. And like, I'm not going to drive until I've read everything front to back and I'm gonna be the perfect driver when I the first time I get behind a wheel of a car it's like that's not a reasonable expectation that's why we have driver's school and like that's why you have a learner's permit or whatever these different stages to get to that level and I feel like a business is very, or any endeavor is similar starting a podcast starting a business creating a course like there's so many. And I just, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like I took me a really long time to start my podcast because I wanted to start it like as perfect as the people who'd already been doing it for like 10 years. And I was like stuck until one day I finally just pulled out my phone and I downloaded an app and I just recorded my first episode and then just made it better and better and like kept working on it. And I had to start somewhere. So, and I feel like that's true for every endeavor, really. Uh, the sooner that someone can just say, this is good enough. Good enough is good enough. I had to say that to myself over and over again because like good enough feels like not good enough to me. (laughs) So I had to be like, good enough is good enough.
1: (laughs) Right, those are really important points that we have to remind ourselves of what good enough is. Good enough is releasing something into the world that can help change somebody's life. And, And we don't really get to determine what that is, right? So you release a podcast, you send a message But you can't control what somebody hears, what they take away from it, if their life changes. And so it's getting into the mindset of, no, this this really is good enough. This has the potential to help somebody grow their life, change their life, think about their life differently, feel connected, not feel alone. Um, So putting limits on it, like there is no perfect. Done is perfect because done has the chance to impact somebody.
0: I love that. Looking through that lens of, does it have the chance to impact somebody? And what stays in the head doesn't have the chance to impact anybody. Like What stays in the mind has no chance.
1: Right. And I read somewhere, it said, if your first version was perfect, you took way too long to get started. Yeah. That's what life is. It's about continually evolving, seeing where we're at, where we want to go, what's getting in the way and evolving to overcome it each step of the way. And it's amazing what comes up when you work to grow your life, like stuff you didn't know that was there, mm. old beliefs, old challenges. Like I was talking with a client recently who we, we were talking about an encounter with a patient. And then we talked about how the doc was feeling about that encounter and what came up and what came up was an old rule that said, I should never get upset. Mm. Like I, I suppose that sounds good, but as a human to say, I should never get upset, it really sets us up for failure, right? Because if we're upset and we're telling ourselves I should never get upset, we can't win out of that situation. So it's breaking down those old belief systems so that we can take a step forward, evolve our life, and really step into that that zone of genius or using our superpowers on a regular basis. And I think that's the beauty of starting your own business is to bring together those interests, those hobbies, those skills, that area that you want to focus in and offer it to somebody else as a way to help improve their life. That you just get to bring in more of who you are.
0: Absolutely. And I love that. Um, yeah. I've heard that too around the, it was like, if you're not, if you don't look back and like and you're not embarrassed by your first launch, you waited too long, like that sort of thing, like embrace that imperfection, like perfectly imperfect. And um the other thing that I wanted to mention around any sort of, you know, creative endeavor or side business is that what I find a lot of people is, especially for like in the context of superpowers or unique approaches to things, a lot of people don't really see that their own unique approach is incredibly valuable because it just comes very naturally to them. like. You know just to use my example like it came i used to be a teacher it came very naturally to me to draw financial concepts rather than just talk about them or just talk about the numbers and i just thought it was no big deal but there at the end of the day like no one else i knew at the time was really doing it that way and people really appreciated it i feel like a lot of people come to the table with that really natural ability whether it's the ability to you know, like you said, like, I mean, a lot of doctors I know are fantastic listeners. Like I know like the fantastic listeners, fantastic problem solvers, and a lot of them bring their own flavor to the table of how they do it. And they don't even see it because it's just kind of like this, this thing they developed over time. So I feel like that's a big part of it too.
1: Isn't it funny how we minimize what's simple and we assume that everyone can do it. Everyone has it. Everyone knows it. And just the opposite is true. Like that's the learning. Just the opposite is true. What's simple for you uh, is not simple for me. And when we talked before, when we first met, we talked about, you shared that you were drawing things out and, and how that works for people because they can, they're engaging. So they're engaging in what you're drawing. They're engaging in what you're sharing. You're probably painting a picture of what their life could look like. So if you take this option or if we put money in here, but then it can grow to this amount and that's going to fund these goals that you listed out. So they're really engaging into the future and into the path to get there. That's what you, that's the gift that you're giving them by doing that.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. That's you. You're you're spot on. (laughs) Really, like painting a picture of that future, and then really, and I think that at the end of the day, just in this very specific example, people tie everything we've talked about to the visual that I've that we've created during the meeting, and it's very powerful. And um, yeah, so what I wanted to do is so like we're going to talk a bit more. We're in in a minute. We're gonna pause. We're gonna stop the podcast, and for the first time ever, I'm gonna record bonus content that is only available on the website galenhelpsdocs.com inside of the membership area. And you have graciously agreed to spend a little bit of extra time with me to talk about something that's really important around building a side business. And so I'd love to give people a little taste of what that is so that they know um, uh, what it is to look forward to by uh, going and checking that out.
1: So thank you so much for all that you do to help docs it is incredibly important especially in the way that you do it because if there are others doing it they're not doing it with the same amount of passion that you are so keep going and thank you for allowing me to be here
0: oh thank you thank you so much like this has been phenomenal um i love your approach i love your podcast your podcast is like one of the most zen experiences i've ever had like listening to your voice and like talking about and i i think you said somewhere that you like you I can't remember if it was a conversation we had or I read somewhere where you said like, it took you, like it's something you developed over time. Like this, like this, 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 um, this way of like delivering your content on the podcast. And I just love it. Like, I swear, like I listened to one the other day and I felt like I'd been meditating the whole time, like the way that you were saying it. So thank you for what you had to say about me and thank you so much um, for having joined me. And so what we're going to do a deeper dive on is, would you call it like the minimum, Viable product, like is that a is that a word that works for what you're going to go into in this like deeper dive masterclass?
1: Yes. So one of the things we do as physicians we overcomplicate, especially if we don't know how. And what you and I are going to talk about is thinking in just the opposite way, which is the the absolute minimum. And when we think in the absolute minimum, we can create a starting place and take a step.
0: I love it, and it sounds almost scary. Because I feel like when you pick that minimum, it's not going to take as long, like it's going to be faster. So it's scary, but it's also good because you can just start somewhere and tweak as you go. So I, so I'm excited about that. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing and how you're helping doctors. I mean, really, I think to my own dad growing up who probably faced a lot of the things you're talking about, about chasing that carrot for like a lifetime and like wondering, is this it? And so I love it. I love how you're helping people and I'm excited for what we're about to uh, record as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey there, thanks so much for having joined me on this episode of The Clean Bill of Wealth. I really appreciate you taking your time and having listened to this episode, Uh, whether you're multitasking, driving, walking the dog, or jogging. Really, really appreciate it. As always, feel free to head on over to galenhelpsdocs.com to sign up for the Financial Literacy Challenge and be added to the email list so you'll be the first to know when there's a new episode out or when I've added a new whiteboard video to the series. Also there, you'll see a button if you want to just book some time with me. If you have a big question around finances, you're not sure uh, you're going to find the time to go through the video, and the challenge and the workbook, feel free to book a No Strings Attached call with me. And the last big thing is if you do sign up for the challenge, you will also get access to the masterclass videos that I've started filming with my guests around things like money mindset and how to start a side business quickly and many more to come. So be sure to head on over to galenhelpstocks.com if you want to check that out. And I will see you on the next episode. Have a great day.